With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz. With high school basketball dominating our local airwaves here in town, I usually go on our local radio show with Anthony Knockreiner, his show, The Knock on Sports. This week, I went on his podcast, and since we talked about Seahawks, since we talked about offensive coordinator search, I wanted to bring that to you here. If you subscribe to Field Goals, you know that I talk with Anthony throughout the week. We kind of preview upcoming games, but since there are no Seahawks games coming up, we talked about the NFC and AFC championship games, so that is also included here. But a lot of talk about the Seahawks offensive coordinator search. So here's my chat with Anthony Knockreiner on his Knock on Sports podcast. Brandon, first off, let's just start with some Seahawks news. Obviously, the offensive coordinator position still unfilled at this time. We've seen head coaching positions filled. The Houston Texans are the only team left without a head coach at this moment. Uh, but looking at the Seahawks right now, uh, some names did come off the board uh, that you were kind of intrigued and thinking about possibly as the Seahawks offensive coordinator. What do you think about the search that's going on right now for the Seahawks? I think the biggest concern with Seahawks fans is that it, after the last offensive coordinator was fired, Daryl Bevel, uh, it seemed like they had a guy right away, and it was Brian Schottenheimer. And as as fans weren't necessarily excited about that, at least you knew that kind of there was a succession plan in place. Pete Carroll had a guy in mind. And so I think some of the concern this time is that Schottenheimer's gone, and there's not that immediate guy that Pete Carroll had in mind. So they're doing the coaching search. A lot of names are coming up that aren't necessarily exciting for Seahawks fans, especially when you see uh, a guy like Adam Gase who was being discussed as a guy having talked to the Seahawks. Now, they didn't make the hire, so that's uh, at least somewhat positive. But you know, just the idea that they talked to the guy, I think it uh, it bothered a lot of Seahawks fans, and rightfully so, after the coaching performance that we've seen from him in Miami and then in New York with the Jets. It just, all that together is making this whole process a little bit frustrating. Well, it seems like you're either going to have to go with a name like Adam Gase or it's going to have to be a complete unknown. Uh, is there a name that you have in mind that you feel like, OK, hey, I, I would be happy with this guy? It's tough because a lot of the guys who have names are people who went to jobs as head coaches, but then failed as head coaches. And so, you know, you're looking at them as potential offensive coordinators, but you also so it's tough to want a guy like that. And, and another name that came up on Friday was the Saints quarterback coach, Joe Lombardi. And Lombardi has connections to the Seattle area. He has been an offensive coordinator, but he, he did it with the Lions. And it was not a spectacular season leading up to the point to where he got fired. I think there were one and six. And he talked about, you know, how they really well, Detroit has never been good at running the football. And so mm -hmm. knowing that Pete wants to find a guy who is. You know, committed to running the football and Schottenheimer was absolutely that guy. And then they got away with, and then they got away from it. So it's, it's it seems to be this kind of weird uh, area of trying to really fit what coach Carroll wants to do, but also, 
use your best player and Russell Wilson in the passing game. So trying to find that balance and that could really put uh, the the new offensive coordinator into a tough spot of really trying to please both these uh, different parts of the offense, right? Well, it's a good problem to have, though, Brent, as an offensive coordinator, when you do have a guy like Russell Wilson, uh, you obviously do have some talented running backs. We'll see whether or not Chris Carson's back for the Seahawks. Um, but at the same time, being able to run the football and also having a quarterback like Russell Wilson, you're right, there is pressure there, but it's also a good problem to have because at least you're not having to try and develop a young quarterback. Well, and that's what makes you think this should be an appealing job, right? Because you have a quarterback in Russell Wilson, you can come and, and succeed with a quarterback like him. And then you have a, a head coach in Pete Carroll that you have to wonder how many years left is uh, he's planning on staying in the NFL. You know, is it three or four? And if so, can your success as an offensive coordinator here, can that work into a potential head coaching job just in a couple of years down the road? So I, I would think that would lead to it being a, a job that people would want. But I, I, I have to wonder. <laughs> No question about that, and I think we're going to still be wondering whether or not uh, who that offensive coordinator will be, unfortunately, at least yeah, for another and we talked about it a little bit on the show. Uh, Adam brought up one name, Bill Callahan, who, you know, he's had success with the, uh, well, you go back into, you know, taking John Gruden's team essentially to the Super Bowl with the Raiders, and then now being with the Browns and that running attack that they put together being in that Cleveland Browns offense, which, you know, they got Baker Mayfield to have some success. So, I could see that being a name that would make sense. And then you know, and then you can go back and look at some of the guys that are out there that just haven't been in the NFL that much. You know, Todd Haley with the Pittsburgh Steelers, a guy like that. You have to wonder, you know, a fiery guy like Todd Haley, would he be the type of guy that could, you know, neutral mindset Russell Wilson, you know, to to be able to challenge him a little bit and, and maybe light a fire under him? I, I wonder if they would go with a guy like that. I now, Todd Haley's not a, a guy that I'm super excited about, but you think of that type of personality and and I wonder I just I wonder which way they're gonna go with it. Brandon, let me throw a name out here for you and you give me your thoughts. Pep Hamilton, the uh, quarterbacks coach for the Chargers and what he was able to do. Uh, obviously, the Chargers have had success running the football uh, when they did have Melvin Gordon. Obviously, Austin Eckler did a good job until he got hurt. Um, what do you think about a name like him possibly? understand that name being out there and a lot of those chargers names you, you had anthony lynn and shane steichen and so the kind of that that whole um set of coaches down there in san diego they didn't have a ton of success offensively though so it's it's a name that i would be intrigued by but not necessarily excited by and and that's why i think it's really hard to come up with a name that you would be excited by and, unless you're going with you know some of these uh, you know guys that you know Randy Kafka with the Chiefs and it sounds like he's not going to go anywhere so maybe he's waiting to see if uh, you know their offensive coordinator ends up with that uh, Texans job and then you know maybe he moves up to become offensive coordinator there so yeah I it's tough and and I can understand Seahawks fans frustration and I think that no matter who it ends up being, I, I think there's going to end up being some level, level of criticism, whether it's not having enough proven success in the NFL or having failed in the NFL somewhere and is taking a step back. So it's kind of a lose-lose job to, to, to get <laughs> positive press out of. Right now, we are with Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. Uh, Brandon, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens going forward. Obviously, I don't know or I don't anticipate 
uh, that we're going to see a name within at least the next 72 hours here. Uh, but what do you think as a final date? Like, I mean, do you expect that this needs to be done by the end of next week? Can they take their time with this even more? What do you think the timetable is right now? I think you could take your time. If they have somebody that they want to interview that's going to be in the Super Bowl and they want to wait until after that, if they're looking for one of those guys who is a quarterback's coach for for one of those teams and that's where they decide to end up at least you know, try to interviewing that position. I don't think there's any team meetings or anything that they absolutely have to be a part of, you know, whether or not they want to be a part of the process of, of going through the combine. And, and I think they could still do that to some extent. So I, I don't think that there's any huge rush other than if you want to make sure and, and get a guy you know, like, Joe Lombardi, who's being interviewed with the Chargers and the Seahawks, if that's your guy and you want to make sure you get him and not another team, then then that's where you want to make the hire quickly. Brandon, taking a look at the NFL playoffs, we are down to the final four. Are you surprised at all by the four teams that are here? Oh, no, not at all. I mean, uh, Tampa, <laughs> a lot of people had them picked at the beginning of the season with Tom Brady being a part of that and knowing what was there on offense already. It felt like that, it really felt like that team was just a quarterback away. And then, you know, Anthony, I don't have to tell you, obviously, that uh, you know, going out and getting the best quarterback in history, it doesn't hurt. And then I guess one of the surprises is just all the talk about the Packers regressing from the previous season and the Seahawks were in this category too, winning so many close games in the past year. And they didn't really feel, it didn't feel like they went out and got the pieces that they really needed to improve Aaron Rodgers' game, but he went out and improved his game anyway and was the best quarterback this season. So that's not surprising considering his play just throughout the year. And then you look at the chiefs and the bills, and I guess you could say that the, that Josh Allen was a surprise in the sense that he you know, became one of the NFL's elite quarterbacks. I, I think in his third year, you expected him to you know, at least improve upon his previous year's performance. And the bills were in the conversation anyway, from prior years and the, the and the defense that they brought into this year, you know, it's not surprising that they ended up at the top of the AFC East, knowing that the Patriots would fall. It was just a matter of who would end up winning that division. And so now to see the bills, and the Chiefs, obviously, last year Super Bowl champion, so it's obvious why they're there. So I, I do think we ended up probably with the four best teams in the NFL in the in the final two games here. Which matchup intrigues you the most, Brandon? I think the matchup between Rodgers and Brady, because here you have Brady at the end of his career going for yet another Super Bowl title, playing in I, what was it his fourteenth championship game mm -hmm. appearance in his career which is crazy and then you have Aaron Rodgers who is what making his first NFC championship game at home is uh, it's mm -hmm. uh, something crazy like that so uh, and two of the top quarterbacks in the NFL so I, I think that's the matchup that intrigues me the most which one of these older quarterbacks can maybe compete for one more title before they're on their way out I have to imagine NFL executives, and I've been saying this all week, are thrilled at the potential matchups here because obviously you're getting a 12 in the Super Bowl. You're getting either Brady or you're getting Aaron <laughs> Rodgers one way or the other. But at the same time, too, you're getting a young quarterback to match up with one of these older quarterbacks. The Chiefs are fun. The Bills are a fun team as well. Josh Allen makes it look really interesting. Um, so I think for me, either way, as fans, I mean, obviously uh, 
you know, I have a little more vested interest in this because the Bucks are in it. Um, but at the same time, I think we get a good Super Bowl either way with either one of the matchups for these two teams. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of what would be the least optimal uh, Super Bowl because, I mean, you ha- you can put the Chiefs and the Packers and then, you know, you have the, the first Super Bowl, uh, two teams rematching. Uh, you know, putting Tom Brady against anybody in there, you know, that's an intriguing storyline. Um, I suppose, yeah, I, I don't know if I can come up with one that would disappoint me if it was the, those two teams, because Patrick Mahomes against either of the guys. Um, I, yeah, I, we're, we're in for a good game regardless. I think Anthony. Uh, Brandon, taking a look at that first game, one of the biggest things that I look at, and obviously Tampa Bay had success with us taking down the Saints. They have to have success again, taking down Aaron Rodgers, and that's getting after him, and that is putting pressure on him. I don't know if we can get another pick six. I will be stunned if we can get another pick six in Lambeau off of Aaron Rodgers. But at the same time, I think the biggest key for the Bucks this week to get a win is for uh, the, the Buccaneers to get after Aaron Rodgers. And I think the biggest key for the Packers uh, to win this game as well as they have to be able to protect him and they have to hit on the big plays against that defense. I do really like that Green Bay offensive line, and I think that's been a big key to their success this year. So I, I think it's going to be tough for Tampa and that defense to really get after Rodgers. He's so good at uh, at finding the open guy, moving the ball down the field. They've been run against the best defense in the league last week. They ran the ball effectively. And it really picked apart the the best defense in the NFL and the Rams. So it's uh, Tampa has a lot to contend with in terms of being, can they put up that level of defensive performance? And if so, I, that, the Packers still got by him. So yeah, turnovers are definitely going to be key. And if I'm counting on which quarterback's going to protect the ball more, I, I think I have to lean toward Rodgers. Yeah, I was going to say he does have the fewer turnovers this season. Um, It's going to be quite the interesting matchup, uh, no question about that, and I think it'll be uh, interesting. I think another key about this is which team can be able to run the football uh, as well because we know both quarterbacks love play action. Yeah, and I I think that that's going to be what it comes down to just because you can – neither of these quarterbacks really make mistakes, and they both have – competent running games they they've shown that throughout this year i think the packers have been more consistent with it but the bucks do have that ability too so and with it being a cold weather game it's uh i i think it has the potential of being high scoring anyway do we know what the weather is going to be like for this game i think it's like 50 percent chance of snow Ooh, fun I don't know what kind of snow is. I don't know if we're going to see like the heavy stuff or if we're just going to see flurries or I don't even know what the wind conditions are going to be like. Um, But it's like trying to decide what kind of rain you're going to get in Seattle. Is it going to be the heavy rain? Is it just the light mist? Yeah, it matters. (laughs) It does. And and the other part is too, and I I love this because it's like, I always go back. It's like, I think what I think the the, uh, record was is like Tampa Bay was like, Owen something for a long time. I think they've won two or three games now uh, under 20 degrees, but oh, I think right. it was like something like that. 27 degrees. They never won a game. So it'll be interesting to to see if Tampa Bay can actually withstand the cold. I'm sure Tom Brady will feel right at home. Feel yeah. right oh, at home. You, you don't have to worry about Tom. I think it's, it's everybody else, but you know, and that's just it with Tom Brady at quarterback. It, you, you can't count out the bucks. So I just, I, it makes me think that this is just a coin flip type game. And that's what makes this one so much fun to watch and, and so intriguing. 
Looking at the other matchup real quick, Brandon, obviously, as you talked about Mahomes, Allen, uh, these two teams here, I think Buffalo, I mean, obviously Cleveland gave uh, Kansas City a scare. They played them a lot tougher than I thought people uh, would think they would, especially considering they limited only, I think it was like 22 points. Um, so give me your thoughts on this game, Buffalo versus Kansas City. I'm excited about this one too, but I, I think this one to me, it's, I, I just... I, I had that question of whether or not the Chiefs could come flying out of the gate and and put points up on the board. They were able to do that against the Browns defense. And and so this one to me, I, I just it seems more to me that that Kansas City is the clear favorite in this game. Of all the teams that I, I would pick, yeah, absolutely to lay money on to win, it would be the Kansas City Chiefs against the Bills, just because Mahomes has been so dominant and you know, the idea of going to back to another Super Bowl. And uh, I, I just I have that expectation for the Chiefs where I don't quite have that for the Bills. Although out of all the teams, I think I'm rooting for the Bills the most this weekend, just I, because I like the story. I like the Buffalo fans. You know, they've had you know, such uh, in terms of fandom. I mean, to go to the Super Bowl four years in a row and and lose it that consistently, not have a win. I, you feel bad for a franchise like that. You want to see them have some success eventually. And really, the Chiefs, they were kind of that team up until last year when they got their Super Bowl. So now it's it's coming around. And, and so it's the, the Bills that you're kind of rooting for in that regard. But man, do they have a tough test with that Chiefs offense. So many weapons. You know, how do you how do you cover all those guys? And I guess the one question is, you know, is. Is Mahomes going to be able to be the same coming off a concussion last week? And, um, you know, it, it looks like he's going to play, right? So um, that's uh, it, you, you, that's the one question, I guess, for me. Brandon, I will say this. If Buffalo finds a way to win this game, no table is safe in Buffalo. <laughs> People just going to be <laughs> jumping off their houses and, and through tables, huh? Uh, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Hey, you know what? I, 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 it's hard to blame them. And I will watch those YouTube videos uh, all day on Monday if that happens. <laughs> uh, Brandon, time to make picks here. My picks for the Super Bowl, obviously, Phantom goes into this. But Tampa Bay versus Buffalo, I'm going with the two underdogs in, in this game. Uh, so that's my pick for the Super Bowl. Who do you got going to the Super Bowl? You know, that was my pick. Those are the two teams that I want. And so it's it's really tough to pick the teams that you want versus the teams that you think are going to make it. I think it's going to be Kansas City and the Green Bay Packers. But man, I, I want your matchup. <laughs> it's going to be tough. Like I said, I, I've got Packer buddies. This one's going to be tough. It's, and that's the thing. That's the thing about the NFC championship game and or the AFC championship game for that matter. I, I'm still nervous about this game this week. I'm excited. We're here, but I'm completely nervous about being here. I know Brandon recent history. You've, you know, as a Seahawks fan, you've been here before. Um, but yeah, it's just going to be exciting. And, and these games are going to be tough. It wouldn't, it would, it would be no fun if they were easy for one team. Well, the interesting thing is that the Seahawks have never played an NFC championship game on the road. It's every single time it's been in Seattle and they've always won those games. So I don't know if I have been in your shoes. It's, it's I've always had a good feeling at the NFC championship game, knowing that. Well, and I suppose you can, too, knowing that you have the best quarterback in the NFL in, in history uh, leading the team. So, yeah, that has to give you some optimism. Oh, that it certainly does. At least makes me feel like we got a fighting chance for sure. Uh, Brandon Schultz joining us here from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. Brandon, if they want to catch the latest episode of the podcast, I can do that. 
New episode of the Seahawkers podcast up this week at seahawkerspodcast.com. And on field goals, we took a look at free agency, did a little bit of a preview of some of the players coming off their rookie contracts, looked at some of the Seahawks veterans on offense, defense, and special teams that are coming up for deals. So check that out, sbnation.com slash NFL podcasts to subscribe to get those shows. Brandon, really appreciate the time. Really appreciate the insight. Always a blast to chat some NFL with you. Looking forward to chatting with you again soon, my friend, as we get ready for the Super Bowl. 